could stay away just to hear you dreaming. Oh, wrong lyrics. Inside. That is my Aerosmith impersonation. Thank you for downloading and or streaming episode 3 of Recasted. Today we're going to recast the 1998 summer blockbuster Armageddon. Before we get into that, though, I just wanted to give a quick thank you to anybody who offered some feedback on A Few Good Men and our cast. Uh, it's greatly appreciated and it'll definitely help us produce a better show going forward. Quick shout out to the What If podcast with Jay Bats and Michael. These guys have a great interviews. Definitely a solid listen if you give them a chance. The Change My Mind podcast. It's another pop culture podcast. Movies, TVs, comics, stuff like that. I also wanted to give a shout out to John Vincent, who you guys may know as John Vincent on Facebook. He's given us some feedback, which was great. In fact, giving me the winning vote as casting A Few Good Men Better. Boo, JV, boo. Jesse, any interesting feedback that you might have gotten over the past uh, couple weeks about A Few Good Men or the show in general? I think overall, they just really love our voices, our sultry voices. They love the, the idea of the podcast. They find it to be original enough that they haven't really ventured into there, but they think it's an awesome topic. I did want to do, before we jump into everything, a little bit of recasting news, so to say. It's not breaking news. This has been out for a little while, but because you're such a big comic book fan, I did want to get your take on Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah, the uh, the Dark Knight turns into the Glitter Knight. I like that. Not really. To be honest, I'm going to try and be as open-minded as possible about it. I think when they announce an actor, everybody seems to have you know some initial first takes about the people. And I didn't like the announcement of Ben Affleck, and he ended up being better than I think some would like to admit. So I'm going to give Robert Pattinson a shot, but based on his track record and what I know so far, I'm nervous. I'm going to go as far as to say I think he's going to be great. And I'm doubling down because when they announced Will Smith as the genie in the live-action Aladdin film, a lot of people were up in arms. And I said, this guy is going to slay this role for two reasons. One, he's got a larger-than-life personality, which you have to have as the genie. And two, I knew he wouldn't try to play it the same way as Robin Williams. He was going to be Will Smith. And I thought that was the right move. It ended up being, and he was great. So I'm doubling down and saying Robert Pattinson. not going to say he's going to be the best Batman but I'm going to say top two Batmans of all time. I think when people look at Batman, they look at, you know, is this person a nice fit for Bruce Wayne? Is this person a nice fit for Batman? And so far, I think between the actors we've seen play this Batman character, we've actually seen a lot more than I think most any other superhero or comic book hero. And, you know, you have some that really shine as Bruce Wayne and then some that really shine as Batman. So I'm I'm open to, to how he portrays it and... Uh, I'm going to give it a shot, but at first glance, just knowing his Twilight history, I'm not excited. All right, well, we'll see how that plays out. And without further ado, Jesse, are you ready for Armageddon? I couldn't be more ready. All right, let's do it. Now, this movie came out in 1998, originally starred Bruce Willis, and according to the movie poster, also Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler. Pretty basic plot for a blockbuster movie. We've got a lot of explosions, a lot of action, bad dialogue, bad script, and a flimsy premise. But I will say this about the movie, extremely fun. I like it a lot. It is one of my favorite movies, Wayne, and it's probably beyond Lion King. It's the the next movie that actually got me to tear up at the end there. So there's some, some heartfelt moments, and I think from this movie... We uh, had a word, the word Armageddon, that we see used in a, a lot of different senses now that I didn't see used as heavily prior to. So, you know, the, the word itself brings a, a sense of fear, and this movie, uh, I think, it delivers on that with the actors and, and the situation. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I think that the best way to describe this movie is it's a large bucket of popcorn and a smile kind of movie. And need some tissues if you're me. So, that said, one of your favorite movies, why don't you lead it off? Who are we casting first? Perfect. I, I think with this movie, you really can't start anywhere else but with Bruce Willis's character. You know, coming into this, this movie, he is an oil drilling owner, one of the most highly regarded out there, and that is why NASA gives him a, a ring. He is a, a father of a, a young lady, and he's a bit of a protective father, one that has maybe not had the strongest relationship because of his work and uh, to be honest it's actually my favorite Bruce Willis movie I know he's got many others that you know will rock people's socks off but this one because of the the tear-jerking moments and the father kind of son-in-law you know back and forth chemistry we see it's really my favorite Bruce Willis role going from there my choice for Bruce Willis had to be someone who 
was older, uh, someone who could certainly play, you know, a, a father of a young lady who is, is dating. And I needed someone who could carry some muscle, you know, not be crazy buff, but look like, you know, he spent his working career using his hands, using his body. I wanted to pick someone that could certainly fill that role nicely, and I went with Jason Statham. Originally thinking, you know, does my portrayal need to be bald? I don't think it originally needed to, but I think it just certainly fit, and I think I could believe Jason Statham as a father, a protective father, someone who would wisecrack and be super serious with the potential son-in-law, as well as deliver on those, I don't know if I'd consider them action-type moments in Armageddon, but there are certainly moments where things are flying around them, you know, jobs need to get done, and I think that Jason Statham could pull this off. We obviously know him from just about any movie where there's action in a vehicle. He's almost always in a vehicle, so I really think that he could do well here, and what are your thoughts on Jason Statham? I like Jason Statham. He was actually one of the people on the short list for the role of Harry Stamper for me as well, along with The Rock, who both of them are now in the uh, that Hobbs and Shaw, the, uh, the spinoff from Fast and Furious. Yes, Fast and Furious Part 19. And <laughs> I thought that he would be good. He definitely looks the part. You're, you're getting somebody who's basically Bruce Willis 2.0. So I did see that in him. And so I think it definitely is a good choice. I'll be curious to see how the rest of the cast plays out from here. The reason I didn't go with him is I thought he looks a little too young. I know he's not. He's about probably the same age that Bruce Willis was in the role. I just Yeah, I, yeah Bruce Willis came in like mid-40s, and I, I think... You know, I don't have it pulled up right now, but I do think Jason Statham is going to fall right into that mid-40s role. Yeah, he's the right age. I just, to me, he looks a little younger than who I wanted to go with, but he definitely hits the nail on the head with the, the blue-collar aspect. He's very believable there. He is rough. He is gruff. Those are things that are typical Bruce Willis, like you said. Uh, the other things that I took from the character, like you mentioned, he's the best driller on planet Earth. He's hit every type of surface, which is why they pick him for the role. He probably started at a young age, so he's one of those guys who's got, you know, 30 years in the business. He's learned everything about it. He did, maybe didn't go to college. He doesn't strike me as that type. No. But he knows everything there is to know about drilling. He also plays kind of a surrogate father to AJ. He's got Liv Tyler's character. Uh, Gracie is his daughter, but AJ is almost like a son. That I wouldn't be surprised if AJ started on a rig with him at 18 years old or something like that and starts to kind of learn a little bit from him. But it's definitely that type of relationship where he hates him, but he loves him. And he's also the main thing, he's a great leader. If you look at his team, his team will follow him to the end. He even makes sure to bring his team with him on this journey. So I went with somebody that, like Bruce Willis, not a hugely funny person. I think most of the comedy in this movie comes from the other actors. Bruce plays his usual gruff, stern self. Serious. Very serious. So I went with a serious actor who doesn't have a lot of comedy in his background, but I think will do a really great job as Harry Stamper, and that's Denzel Washington. I think that he's the right age, obviously a tremendous actor. I mean, there's no debating that. He's my favorite actor of all time. It's a little bit different spin on the role, because Denzel does have a more white collar kind of a feel to him, a little more college intelligent. So it's a little bit different spin on it, but... I still could believe Denzel, like, out there in a tank top, covered in oil, being tough. And obviously, he's got that stare that you don't want to mess with his daughter. Have you seen The Equalizer, Wayne? I have seen The Equalizer. So the Equalizer, Equalizer 2. I mean, that, you saying Denzel and me trying to immediately think of some type of fit where I could see that transition, I think, right to Equalizer. And I think he's got that protective slight ass-kicking persona about him. He's obviously very serious. He's meticulous. And I, I, I like it so far, Wayne. All right, and I think, too, the other thing I thought of with him is how he reacts when he finds out at the very beginning that AJ is sleeping with his daughter and how Harry goes after him with a shotgun. I thought, could Denzel play that crazy? I thought, training day, Denzel. Hell yeah. (laughs) So I thought he could be that role. So that's just where I went with this one. Again, it's going to set the tone for the rest of my cast, but Denzel Washington, again, a little bit more white-collar, a little bit more well-spoken than Bruce Willis, but I think uh, just as good a quality actor. Oh, yeah, he's obviously a fantastic leader. My favorite... Denzel, you know, role, and, and there's obviously so many because he's my favorite actor is Remember the Titans, and I think if you're looking for leadership, you're going to find it right there because he gives it to you in that, in that true story depiction. And again, being one of my favorite actors, I think he could slip right into this and do a wonderful job. So, wonderful job to start off, man. So that would bring us to AJ. If we're going from Harry, who's the father-type figure, we're going to get into AJ, played by Ben Affleck, as the surrogate son, so to say, the guy who's going to be dating Gracie, who's kind of a pain in the ass for our lead character, Harry Stamper, and the fact that, like I said, I believe he was brought on at a young age, probably learned as much as he could from Harry, and now, for some reason, thinks he knows just as much as Harry. He thinks he is the Burger King. And he is not anything near 
So he's got to be arrogant and cocky. That's one of the main things I take from AJ's character. He's definitely nowhere near as educated as Harry or knowledgeable, and he definitely trusts his gut more than his head. Now, this role here, I knew who I wanted right away for the role, and it's one where I picked the actor. I didn't even pick any alternates, and I didn't change it at one time because I said, this guy is going to be the perfect AJ. It's like I almost casted him before I casted anybody else. And I went with Channing Tatum. I think he's a guy who looks pretty cut up. He looks like he could be on the oil rig working with Harry. He's young enough to be a son-type figure to Denzel. He's definitely believable as cocky and arrogant. I, I see that all day long with him. And for those of you who don't know Channing Tatum, you should, but we'll just say G.I. Joe, Magic Mike, and 20 Step, jump step up, yeah. I mean, he obviously see him in a tank top. I mean, he's he's shredded. He's really good looking, you know, for a gent. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that. And I think in this movie, you needed to get someone who's going to be an eye catcher. And I think that Channing Tatum fits in that, that role just like Ben Affleck did when he was in his early 20s. So yeah, I, I did see the, the chemistry between Harry and, and AJ, and, and you could see the the student is now better than the teacher type of attitude from him. The cockiness you brought up, the great looks, and he again, he's, he's young. Uh, he, he's trying to get with Harry's youngish daughter there, or, or is with her. So I wanted to get someone who was stunning looking and had been in some, some good roles prior to me recasting him in this. And I went with Josh Hutcherson. Maybe not his first role, but the one that I, I know him from originally is The Bridge to Terabithia. You know, he's been in Zathura. He was also in the Divergent. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the uh, Hunger Games series. I think Hunger Games is where most people would know him from. Exactly, as yeah. Yep. And so I think he's got, you know, the, the look. To be honest, I was just kind of looking through a bunch of images uh, on Google when I found him, and I found some that just reminded me a lot of, of Ben Affleck at that youngest stage, you know, with his hair, his face, his eyes. I know that he's got some humor in him in, you know, some of his more recent stuff, Future Man. And so I think that with his acting resume to this point, I really think that he could do a great job stepping into this role. I do like him as an actor. I definitely like Zathura. I think that, for me... I wouldn't have used him, obviously, with my Harry because Denzel is so overpowering on screen. I think he would almost overpower Josh Hutcherson. But I think with Statham, he's not quite as overpowering as Denzel on the screen. So I think that it's definitely a good fit there. I am going to be curious to see where you go with Gracie because that trio right there is really going to determine you know, how this movie plays out. So, yeah, not a bad choice at all. I think that the two top guys that you have so far with Jason Statham as Harry Stamper and then Josh Hutcherson as AJ, I can definitely believe that dynamic the, the dynamic for sure so our next role in the movie is going to be harry's daughter grace and she is played by Liv tyler she is this to me is, is actually her first acting role that i can remember her from i know she also dipped into some lord of the rings after that but you know she's a, a very pretty young gal and she doesn't have a ton of speaking roles but i think her emotion in this movie is something that pulled at my heartstrings and really helped as the movie built up because you could see her relationship between her and, and father, as well as her and AJ. With my current roles of Harry and AJ, I did need to find someone that, that fit these two. Like Harry had mentioned, sorry, like Wayne had mentioned, these two were really, you know, the, these three are the power trio of this movie. So you needed to find someone that's going to definitely gel with my original two. And my pick is Shailene Woodley. Not super well known as, you know, Liv Tyler wasn't coming into this role. But she is certainly more famous for some of her TV roles. She started in Secret Life of the American Teenager and did that for over eight years as pretty much the star of that show. And then more recently, she's been in Big Little Lies, which is on HBO and has two seasons. I just finished the first season. I think she does a fantastic job. And I've actually seen her grow from the teenager in the Secret Life TV show to you know this role and seen how she's gained experience and skill along the way. So I think she's got... The looks, I think age-wise, she's going to fit in as, you know, the daughter and love interest of AJ. She's from the Divergent series as well. So I think, you know, she could definitely be the reprisal of that Liv Tyler role, Grace. Okay, I can see that. And I can definitely see her as, I guess, a fit with your AJ, the Josh Hutcherson. Looks-wise, I feel like they look like they would be together. Uh, she does look the right age to be Statham's daughter. So... I do understand what you're saying there, bringing in a lesser-known actress, and I'll get into that in a second. But as far as the, the pick itself, I think it's a good pick so far. I'm really liking the dynamic of the cast so far and how they all gel together. I think it's definitely working. Whereas if you were to take these roles that we've talked about in previous episodes, if you took the roles that you're picking now, if you were to take them on their own, I might not like them as much, but seeing 
start as it rolls down the hill here. It's all kind of blending together. Yeah, and, and to be honest, man, I'd have to recognize you and me growing in that because I find that in your first two castings, you've done a superior job in looking at the cast as a whole and not just one amazing cast member and then kind of filling it in blindly. You know, you're making sure that cast fits A to Z. And so I'm, I'm trying to grow in that process and, and definitely having fun in it. And I think with this movie, I was able to do it, you know, more easily. Maybe it's because of my passion for the movie or because I'm growing in the process, but it's certainly been fun. Now, first of all, I'm going to go with somebody who also is more of a small screen star, bringing her in, giving her a big shot here on the summer blockbuster movie. The thing I loved about recasting Liv Tyler is I hate Liv Tyler as an actress. She's atrocious. She's awful. She brings very little to any role she's in. I'm not even going to say that she's vanilla because at least vanilla has a flavor. She is flavorless and bland and single-handedly she almost took down the Lord of the Rings franchise. She is just absolutely awful. So no matter who I casted, I could pick my second cousin and they would be better than Liv Tyler, I think. This is going to be an upgrade. Wow, you just body bagged Liv Tyler. <laughs> so now that I got that out of my system, Grace does need to be pretty. She does need to be able to attract my handsome AJ character played by Channing Tatum. She needs to be believable as Denzel, Harry Stamper's daughter. She needs to be the one with the brains because he's the one with the brawn, so she kind of runs the professional side of the business. She needs to be strong and independent. She is not a damsel in distress. She's very strong. That said, I think that I went with somebody, like I said, a little lesser known by name, and that is Candace Patton. And some of you guys may remember her as Joe's daughter in the CW show The Flash. She's also Barry's girlfriend slash wife. She's extremely pretty. She plays about the same age as Channing Tatum. I think she's believable as Denzel or Harry's daughter. She's clean and professional, so she definitely plays that professional well, and I think that she also has a little bit of a rebellious side to her in the role that she plays. She gets a little emotional in The Flash, so I could see her doing that speech, you know, I am like you, at the end of the movie that gets everyone crying. I am everyone. Okay. No, I think everybody gets a little misty-eyed. I was 17 or 18 years old when it came out, so even then I I still got a little teary-eyed because I'm a sucker. I like rom-coms, and I like sad endings to movies, and I don't even like to talk about Field of Dreams because I'll start melting. My mom told me this was a true story before I watched it, so I think that helped with my, my fear. So that brings us to Chick. Now, Chick is played by Will Patton in this movie, who you might remember is remember the Titans as well. He's Coach Yost, and he plays kind of Harry's best friend, his second-in-command on the drill rig. You might think it's AJ. It's not. AJ is not trusted at all. Will Patton's the guy who kind of runs the show for Harry. He's kind of a deadbeat dad, so like Harry a little bit is, but unlike Harry, he's not a single dad. So his ex-wife or his baby mama, whatever she is, she takes care of his son. And when he has that scene where he shows up at the house and she's like, oh, that's just a salesman, honey. So you get the impression that he doesn't pay child support because she mentions to him, like, you know, the judge said you're not allowed to come around here. So he wants to be in his kid's life, but the mom says no until the end. And this to me is the dumbest part when he's like, mommy, that salesman's on TV. And she's like, that's not a salesman, honey. That's your dad. I thought that was the dumbest part of the movie. Coattail rider. That's right. She was so... Gold digger. Yeah, she did a 180 faster than Vince Carter in the air. Oh! So, the reality is, to me, Chick actually isn't important to this movie. He doesn't deliver any of the funny lines. He doesn't help save the day. He doesn't give any advice to anybody that helps anything. He's just kind of there to go along for the ride. So, it's not a knock on Will Patton. I just think that's how the role was written. I went with John Corbett. People might remember him. Big star is uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. He was the main character. He was in Sex and the City as Sarah Jessica Parker's boyfriend at one point, and he's in one of my all-time favorite romantic comedies, and that's uh, Serendipity. He plays Kate Beckinsale's fiancé in that. So he's got a similar look to Patton in that he's kind of soft, warm, inviting. He's soft-spoken. Just seems like a really nice guy who... I guess you could just say as a deadbeat dad for the sake of a script and a summer blockbuster and it'd be believable. So his acting ability doesn't really matter because, like I said, the role doesn't really matter in the film. But I think that he's basically Will Patton 2.0, we'll call it. Yeah, so Wayne, this was the toughest role for me to recast. Not entirely because of what you had just stated. I mean, I can certainly agree with your sentiments on he's not someone that I think could just be played by anybody, but he's he's not someone that you leave the movie remembering and saying, ah, that guy really made an impact. That guy made a difference. I wanted to pick someone that could be soft. I, I think he, he's a bit of a softer-spoken, softer-looking kind of gentleman, even though he does work on, on the oil rig. So I went with someone that, I'm going to go ahead and admit, he, he's a bit too good-looking to jump right back into this role, but because of his soft-spokenness that I've seen in the past, I went with Patrick Dempsey. A bit of a star. He's done some movies, probably more well-known for his TV work. 
McDreamy. There you go. So uh, I think, you know, he has probably too good looking for this, but I just think his soft-spokenness could work well, and I think he could be a decent fill-in and, and be a good second-in-command to my Jason Statham's Harry. I can see Patrick Dempsey in the role, and when I think of his film career, the two movies that I grew up watching in the 80s were Loverboy and Can't Buy Me Love. And both those movies I just really enjoyed a lot, again, being a sucker for romantic comedies, which both of them are, more comedy than romance. So I can see him in the role, and my initial inclination when you said his name was like, boy, he looks kind of young, and yet I said the same thing about Jason Statham. So again, we're keeping with that trend of we're making this cast fluid, and I think that he definitely fits the age that he could be Jason Statham's best friend, his right-hand man. I just wonder if we're almost wasting a big actor on a small role. I know you said it's a tougher role for you to cast. I just viewed it as such an inconsequential role that, to me, using Patrick Dempsey, it's kind of like, wow, we're paying all this money for eight lines in the film. Yeah, and, and I can definitely see that. You know, where I, I look at the rest of my cast, my AJ character, you know, Josh Hutcherson, isn't someone that's going to command buco bucks. Uh, I, I don't think that my Shailene Woodley, again, known for more of her TV, I don't think that those two are going to be commanding as much of a financial need as some of the others. And so I kind of picked my spots here. And with this being my toughest, you know, I wasn't entirely focused on the finances of it, just trying to find someone who was soft-spoken. So I think I, I have a little bit of wiggle room with, you know, the finances uh, and the, the budget for the film. All right. And like I said, it, it definitely makes sense. The two characters definitely, not two characters, I'm sorry, the three, four, five characters we've done so far, they all make sense in your cast. So far, I really don't have any complaints about the way it's playing out. Like I said, just looking at the roles and looking at who's being cast, I think, well, I wouldn't pick them for my cast, but I definitely think the great fits for your cast. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. So our next role in the movie is going to be Rockhound, originally played by Steve Buscemi aka crazy eyes he's been in all kinds of stuff from boardwalk empire to a lot of adam sandler's films he's got a, a wide ranging acting ability and in this reprisal i tried to find someone that is going to give off some of the same emotions and vibes that he did in this film he is kind of crazy in this film you know i find some of the humor in, in the movie comes from his antics so i had to find someone who's going to be able to have some humor but almost some not forced humor, but stuff that you can just see happening around him and basically living through this actor in the film. You can see his fear as, you know, the movie goes on. He straps himself to the, the ship, Wayne. Doesn't Steve Buscemi in the film strap himself to something in the ship or, or the rocket? Um, I remember him sitting on the rocket and rocking back and forth like it's a rodeo. Yeah, so he, he, he I think he maybe lets it get to his head a bit. And so I'm going to have to go ahead and re-dip into my Marvel pool. When I say re-dip, I'm not going to pick someone I've picked previously. But I don't think I can do a, a recasting without at least dipping into that pool. I chose Paul Rudd as my rock count. I had to pick someone that wasn't stunning. You know, Steve Buscemi certainly is not that. And But I wanted to find someone who could be a, a bit humorous in his actions. And I think watching Ant-Man, watching him in some of the Avengers films and his stuff prior to even getting on with Marvel, I think he could definitely jump into this and do well. I think this is a, a first for me. And that's the first time that I think you've casted an actor that I really like but in a role that I don't like him in. My issue with Paul Rudd is when I looked at Rockhound, aside from the crazy zaniness of him, which I don't feel Paul Rudd has that crazy zaniness. He's funny, but not the same type of crazy. And also Paul Rudd comes across as a very nice, almost like innocent kind of feel to him. And Rockhound is named Rockhound because he's horny all the time. And in fact, he goes and blows a hundred grand on strippers that he gets from the mafia guy. So I can see Paul Rudd making that stuff funny. But I just think in terms of keeping the integrity of the role, I think that Paul Rudd is going to be a little bit softer. It's more like a rock puppy. I can definitely see the criticism. I, I really just wanted to find someone that could not be great looking and that we could watch and kind of ride the wave with him. What I was excited about getting into this role was that we are finally getting to a character that is funny and does provide some comic relief, unlike our previous cast members. And it was the toughest role for me because of what I just said, the zaniness, the kookiness, the craziness. When you think of actors like him, I started thinking there are three actors that I put in that same realm. We got Steve Buscemi, you've got John Turturro, I think is very similar, and you've got Christopher Walken. Turturro and Walken, way too old, just like Buscemi, to reprise this role. So I had to go a little less on the crazy, and I had to focus a little bit more on the horn dog aspect of the character. And so initially I thought of Vince Vaughn, but I thought he might be a little too powerful of a presence for that role he, in his own way. He's got his own thing, and I don't think it fits the Rockhound mold. So I went with Rob Codry, 
Now, he plays The Rock's partner on HBO's Ballers. He was in Hot Top Time Machine. He's the bald guy. He's funny. He's got a comedic background. He definitely always plays a horn dog in every movie that he's in, so I can definitely see him playing that role. And I just need him to be a little bit funny. I understand he's not going to be crazy, just like Paul Rudd's not crazy, but he's definitely not going to be innocent. And he's not as weird as Buscemi had mentioned that. You know, it's a guy that, other than our Russian cosmonaut, probably gets the majority of the laughs in the movie. I can definitely agree there. So a couple other characters that provide some comic relief are going to be Bear and Oscar. Now, we're doing these two together because... They are somewhat inconsequential to the movie or the outcome of the movie in the sense that, again, they don't really do anything to help out. In fact, spoiler alert, both of them die in the crash landing in AJ's ship, so they don't make it through to there. But you do get some funny lines from them. You get Bear crying in the psychiatrist's office. You get him running from the government on his motorcycle, dancing in the during the physical And, you know, Oscar has maybe my favorite line in the whole movie, which is when he asks what it's like on the asteroid and Billy Bob Thornton says, you you know, razor sharp rocks, a million degrees in the sun, whatnot. And he says, uh, so scariest environment imaginable. All right, yeah, just say the scariest environment imaginable. I thought that's such a funny line. It makes me laugh every time he says it. Now, both these actors are big now. People know who Owen Wilson is. People know who Michael Clark Duncan is. And I, But at the time of this movie, they weren't really that huge. They were kind of moderate. Michael Clark Duncan hadn't done The Green Mile yet. Owen Wilson hadn't done the Shanghai movies and Meet the Parents and whatnot yet. This was kind of his jump into it, even though he's a Wilson brother. That schnoz on Owen Wilson. Oh, my goodness. He can smell you right now. So basically, starting with Bear, I wanted to go with somebody who is large, imposing, and I actually stole one of your casts from our first week, Major League. I went with Braun Strowman as Bear because he is big. He's six foot eight. Michael Clark Duncan is six five. He's huge. And again, he doesn't have a lot of lines in the movie. He's just going to make you laugh through crying, dancing, and running from the police, basically. And then for Owen Wilson's character of Oscar, I wanted somebody quippy, sarcastic. You know, like I said, that line is so funny to me. So I went with somebody who's been quippy and sarcastic for a long time in Kevin Smith movies like Chasing Amy, Mallrats, Dogma. Probably most famous, though, as Dave and the Chipmunks, and that's Jason Lee, who I think could provide a little bit of that comic relief along with Bear in the role. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like those. um, Being a huge wrestling fan, I think that Braun Strowman is a great choice, Wayne. I think he can show uh, that emotion. I think if you see a giant man like that tear up, immediately makes you think of a teddy bear. So, I mean, uh, I think it's a great choice there. For the uh, the Owen Wilson one, I do think Jason Lee can definitely step in there and provide some of those quippy lines. You know, that certainly was my favorite line of the movie, too, from Owen Wilson. So, great choices there. Mine, first of all, Michael Clark Duncan, RIP. I went with a very large man that we've seen play a, a football player in, you know, the past. I went with the gentleman that played the lead character in The Blind Side, Quentin Aaron. He is early to mid-30s, actually, even though he played a high school coming, you know, incoming college athlete. But he ha- certainly has that huge size about him. You know, he is uh, himself 6'8", very large. And I think that in the movie The Blind Side, you know, he is, is seen as a, a bit of a softy, someone who has that deep emotional connection. So I, I thought that he could do really well sliding into that. And then for my Owen Wilson character, our Oscar, I went with someone that was close in age to where my bear character is, but also someone who I've grown up with, seeing him make quickie, sarcastic, funny lines, and I went with Michael Sarah. I think I wanted to find someone who isn't super attractive as Owen Wilson. You know, I've already brought up his schnoz. I wanted to find someone who was very quick-witted, and I think Michael Sarah would fit right in there. You know, he's from Juno, he's from Superbad, And I just think he could fit right in and play that role, provide some of the the comedic relief that this movie needs because of the huge premise of, you know, uh, something coming down and and destroying the earth. I can definitely see the Quentin Aaron as Bear because he does have that giant teddy bear quality to him. I'd like to see him be a little bit more hard on the outside but soft on the inside. But I can definitely see the role. He has the right look to him and he does have some acting i love the blind side it's one of my favorite sports movies the role of michael Sarah, i i feel like we're dipping into the toe for grace bag again with a guy who is uh, 78 pounds 90 pounds maybe if he's soaking wet and he's working on an oil rig with all these other guys i mean i know owen wilson wasn't exactly jacked jason lee's not exactly jacked but they're not like wimpy high schoolers either like they're all they look like grown men and this guy looks like 
kind of a kid that you just push off the deck if he said something to you. Yeah, you know, I was definitely just focused more on comedic relief and quick wit as opposed to uh, the physical stature of him. And I really just wanted to find someone that meshed with, you know, the, the bear character as far as, you know, age-wise and trying to have them fit. All right, I guess I would have to see, I don't know if you're going to retool the script at all once we get done the casting, but I would like to see how he's incorporated into the team, because like I said, he definitely, if you line them all up so far, he definitely stands out as not, like, which one doesn't belong, like in Sesame Street, it's him. Not a sore thumb, but maybe a sore pinky. Maybe something, I don't know. But otherwise, yeah, I like the the two characters, like I said, they're fairly inconsequential. I just didn't think they were that inconsequential that we get that crazy with it. All right, so next on the list here for Armageddon is Lev Andropov. I think that's about right. I was going to butcher it either way. You can't butcher a Russian name. Thank you. I appreciate that. And he, like you had mentioned earlier, he does bring some of that comedic relief. And I think he also brings some smart. He may have a different way of, of delivering that. But I do think that he has some history, some skill in what he's doing and he certainly is an essential part to the movie. And to me, he's kind of crazy. And I, I like crazy. And I'm just going to jump right into it, Wayne. I went with a big name here, Nicolas Cage. Wow, that's a humongous name for such a small role. He needs he needs something. Uh, you know, he hasn't really been doing much since uh, National Treasure. But I like him as an actor, and, and I think that he could come in here and he could pull off a bit of an accent if need be. And he could certainly play that crazy. I think in a lot of his movies, Face Off, Gone in 60 Seconds, you, you can see a, a bit of a quick twitch crazy. And I think that could work well here with Nicolas Cage. It's definitely an interesting choice, and I don't think that the character necessarily has to be Russian, so he doesn't have to do an accent, and that's fine. In fact, I'll, I'll get to that with, with my guy, who is not Russian. Did like the character of Lev Andropov. He is funny. He always kind of plays a Russian character. If you think of Bad Boys 2, he's the club owner, and he's kind of a Russian guy in that as well. The main things I'm thinking with this role is he's been alone on the space station for a little while. He's lonely. He's awkward. He's a little bit of a know-it-all, so he starts bossing around the drillers because he knows that they don't belong in space and they don't know anything about the space station like he does. So he's a little bit bossy with them. I think one of my favorite parts is when he starts using the wrench and smashing the control panel. He's like, this is how we do it in a Russian space station. Yes. I think that's hilarious. So again, this is going to be a little bit of a change-up, kind of like Denzel was. I'm going with an American astronaut, kind of like you did. He's not going to have an accent, but I think he can play that awkward, technology-driven kind of savvy guy. He's very funny, and that's Michael Pena. And I think when you think of Michael Pena, he is an Ant-Man. He's the friend of Scott. That's his buddy. He tells the really long stories. He has taken on some serious roles in movies like Narcos and End of Watch, but really it's the humor that he brings that I want to get into this role. And I might even, when I'm writing the script, put a couple extra lines in there for him because I think that he does bring a little bit of a humor, and I think he would be the stranded American astronaut driving the drillers crazy with his nonstop rambling. I can definitely see that. I mean, again, you know I love Marvel, and his roles... His uh, communication, his delivery, it's always great for, for a laugh. And I think, you know, he can be crazy. To me, um, maybe not as old as needed for this because I feel like when I watch this, that him and, and the Bruce Willis character, Harry, they seem to be somewhat around the same age. Of course, very different work experiences in what they do, even though they both come together, you know, for this film. I find they're somewhat close to the same age. And so when I look at Denzel versus... You know, your Michael Pena, I'm sorry. Yeah, so when I think of the the age gap between Denzel and Michael Pena, I kind of, I think that's where I have a slight issue. You know, I I think, you know, he fits that comedic part, but age-wise, you know, I just, I find watching the movie, they're closer in age than what maybe we're portraying here. I think that he definitely is a younger character than Peter Strasmore, or Strasmore, whatever his name is there who originally played Lev Andropov. He's definitely a little bit younger than that, but this is a character where I didn't feel like the age was important. With Harry and Grace and AJ, their ages have to mesh well because of the father-son-daughter dynamic. This character isn't related to any of the other characters in the movie, so I figured it could have been a 22-year-old for all we know. And in this case, I think Michael Pena would be playing kind of probably a 29 to 33-year-old stranded spaceman. Fair. The next character we have here is consequential to the film but the actor that portrays him i don't think needs to be anything special that is colonel willie sharp william fitchner if there is an antagonist in the film other than the asteroid itself it's probably this guy you know he's the one that's against the idea of the drillers going to space in the first place he doesn't let bruce willis run the team the way he wants to run it he even activates the bomb before they're drilled halfway through the rock 
So that gives us a scene of Harry choking him with a big set of pliers, which is kind of cool. Basically, we just needed someone that would look like a commander or something as an astronaut, somebody who'd be in charge, somebody who has an, an air about them, like, I'm better than you because I'm the official guy who went through the training. And I went with Joel Kinnaman. He runs against Kevin Spacey in House of Cards for president, and his most famous role is probably as Murphy in the reboot of RoboCop. And I think he was also in Suicide Squad. He's one of the police officers that's with them. Kind of a younger guy, blonde, not too young. He'd look like he'd be a commander or lieutenant or something in the Air Force. Uh, he has that look, the young Viggo Mortensen kind of look, or Jamie Lannister kind of look to him. And I think that he'd be good there. All right, so for, for this role, I do see your point that he's the antagonist, and I feel that, you know, he has that leadership quality. You know, he has experience of being in his certain profession and, and like you said you know he doesn't really he feels slighted i think you know when somebody else is kind of called in to do a job that he doesn't feel is actually necessary so i went with someone that you know a, a bit good looking but someone that we've seen in a, a leadership military type role I, I went with josh duhamel i think you know age wise you know he fits i could certainly see my jason statham choking him out you know with a giant pair of pliers i could see him having you know many verbal standoffs throughout the process i could see him you know losing faith in people who have not done what they're doing as you see harry's team going through the training to even get into the ship i like josh to him out you know we know him mostly from you know the transformer movies yeah that's what i think of or being married to fergie not anymore they oh. got divorced two years ago hey fergie <laughs> i'm married too but it's okay I definitely see the Josh Duhamel character. I think he has the right look for it. My, I guess, issue with Josh Duhamel would be the comedic side of him is that I think of. Even when he was a soldier in Transformers, he's still kind of a funny guy, has some quips, some funny lines. And I think that William Fitchner did not, he played it completely straight. So you know who's kind of looks like Josh Duhamel, but is more of a dickhead-looking guy, is Timothy Oliphant. Okay. Who's from Deadwood. He was in, was it Live Free or Die Hard? I don't know. He's, he always plays a dickhead in the movies he's in. But he kind of looks like Josh Duhamel, so it's kind of like the dickhead version of Duhamel. But I like Josh Duhamel, and I think that I'd be okay with it. I think that he, he definitely could play the role. Yeah, I think he can deliver those scenes that, that we saw the original actor do. And I think, again, you know, age-wise, looks-wise, I think he looks someone that would have the experience put in to be in that type of role to be counted on for what he is in the film. All right, so last up here, we have Dan Truman, who's actually played by Billy Bob Thornton. He is head of NASA, or at least our largest perspective from the ground and NASA in this film. You know, we get his perspective, and, and I think another large one we get from the ground is Grace Stamper. But for Billy Bob, he's a great friend of Harry. He is who actually personally recommended Harry for this great job drilling, you know, to try and save the Earth. I wanted to pick someone that was going to be relative in age to my Jason Statham, and I wanted someone who is going to be a, a very good actor. Billy Bob coming in this role had been in so many things, and he's been in so many great things since. And I went with Jude Law, not uh, totally concerned uh, you know, with his looks in this film, but again, just uh, looking at how he would mesh with Harry and how he could do in that role as, again, our, our NASA perspective of this huge event. Yeah, I can see Jude Law. Definitely playing opposite of Harry, and I can definitely see him as the right age and playing the role a similar way. I think that my only criticism on the Jude Law pick is, again, going with a huge star in probably the last role that we cast here as our least important role. I know he was kind of a smaller role in Captain Marvel, but that's a Marvel movie, so there are no small roles in Marvel movies. I like the pick. I definitely think it fits with your cast, so we're going with that theme. I just, as a standalone character, I'm not 100% sold on Jude Law. I think that this is a different type of role that we've seen Billy Bob Thornton in. When we think of him, we think of Bad News Bears, Bad Santa, that kind of role. And this is a very straight, serious role for him. His character really wishes that he was an astronaut. I think he has some sort of issue with his leg, which is why he can't go into space. At one point, he says to Harry, you know, I wish I was going with you. And Harry says, no, you don't. And he actually gives AJ his patch at the end of the movie to give to Truman. It's a subtle role, but definitely uh, an important one. So... I wanted to kind of do what they did, which t is take an actor that you wouldn't normally associate with this type of role and somebody a little bit weird and a little bit kooky like Billy Bob is, but that also has a, a background in kind of drama or serious roles. So I went with a comedic actor that has also played serious roles in the Summer of Sam, John Wick, and that's John Leguizamo. I think that he'd be a really good role here. I think that if we remove Billy Bob, John Leguizamo slides right in. It's basically the same role. I think he can play that dramatic kind of uh, role. Yeah, I mean, we last spoke about him when we were touching on the Spawn reboot and, and how you had chosen 
you know, that actor for one, one of those roles. Don't love him in that, but I could certainly see him with his resume to this point stepping into that role and, and really doing a, a great job with it. All right, so that is our cast of these movies. We're going to get into bonus features, so definitely stay tuned for those. Get to hear a little bit about who we like from each other and uh, who we almost picked for the, some of the roles. I'll get into it at the end. Stay tuned. Thanks for sticking around for bonus features. Those of you who listened last week, you know that this section we are going to talk about two sections. One is I Love You, I Hate You, which is where we're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite casting by the other person. And secondly, we'll go over Almost Recasted, where we'll talk about some of the characters that we thought of for the roles that maybe didn't get it at the last second. So going with I Love You, I Hate You, do you want to kick things off? I, I, de- I definitely will. I'm going to actually go with two I Love Yous. I really like two of your castings. I'm going to start off with Denzel. Again, I've mentioned he's my favorite actor all time. I think he can deliver in just about any capacity. And I think here, as the leader, the father, the the chemistry dynamic we see between him and Ben Affleck's character, I, I really think that Denzel was, was a home run for you. And next, you know, with you kind of dipping in, into my pool of uh, previously chosen actors, I really love your uh, Braun Strowman choice there for Bear. I think that, you know, size, stature, I really think that he could uh, crush that role. So um, those two are actually tied for my love it. So I actually went with my favorite casting was, I didn't want to go with Statham as Harry. I felt like starting with Harry was kind of like, that's the main role. And so I like to pick a little bit smaller role. And I think my favorite casting by you, even though I did criticize it up front, is Patrick Dempsey. I think that that role is so good across from Statham. I think that it was like the perfect choice to play that role in terms of looks, in terms of demeanor. And I know it's, like I mentioned, it's a very inconsequential role to the movie, but I think that it's kind of a combo pick because of your choice for Harry. But I think that that dynamic between the two of them was a, a perfect mesh. Thank you so much. If We're going to go ahead and go on to I Hate You in the nicest way possible because I really do love the way that your cast fell together this time. I don't love one of the castings, so I, I want to say I don't love instead of hate. I don't love Michael Pena. I just think for someone that we see, A, is in space. And I think to get into space, you've got to show you know your worth and you've got, you've got to put some time in. So personally, I just think a little young uh, for that role. He certainly brings the, the comedic factor that needs to, to happen for that role. But I just think age-wise, I'm not sure he fits that part for me. I can, again, he's, he leans so heavily on comedy, but I haven't seen him be crazy. And I think this actor in here, he shows a little crazy uh, as somebody would almost cabin fever up in space yeah i definitely thought that his cabin fever would play out more as just being annoying to everybody yeah which he definitely plays that really well i could definitely see him being you know an agitator to people who are up there doing a mission um yeah that's my that's my i don't love i think my least favorite pick was probably nicholas cage only because it's funny same same role but is nicholas cage only because i think that that's just way too overpowering of a presence for that role and i talked about you know thinking about vince vaughn for rockhound but thinking that he was just going to be way too big for that and i don't mean a big name i mean when you watch vince vaughn act yeah present you can see that he is a scene stealer even he like he'll take over scenes like he just literally stole it from somebody who it wasn't even his scene he just walked in and stole it from them and i feel like nicholas cage has that as well humongous presence like denzel like tom cruise we're talking about these huge hollywood presences so to put him in a role where he is the 13th character you know in the movie it just seemed that's the only reason I would go against him. I think he's an uh, entertaining actor and he's done his fair share of summer blockbusters as well. But this was just one of those I was like, ah, oh, he's a little too big for this. I want to take his face off. Yeah, that's a horrible line. And so if you had him say that in the movie, that would be actually kind of funny, provide some comic relief. But yeah, that, that, that scene is just atrocious, even though I do kind of like the movie Face Off. Getting into Almost Recasted, uh, you said you had a bunch of people that you had looked at for different roles. So I, I, I do, yeah. I mean, are we going to go character by character here, Wayne? Or you want sure, me to just sure. kind of go through mine? So for Harry, again, uh, like I had mentioned initially in the podcast, for Harry, I, I didn't know if I wanted to stick with someone who was, was balding and, and give off that same image. And at first, I, I didn't. My first choice for this before I, I you know took out the big old eraser was Mark Wahlberg. I thought that you know he could have played the oil. I don't want to say tycoon, but the, the driller. Uh, you know we've seen him you know be real hands on in some of his films. He also you know did some some a bit of Transformers, and so I thought about him. I considered Patrick Dempsey for that role too, but immediately thought, hey, I can find a, a better fit for him, and I need someone that's a bit more commanding and, and rough and gruff. Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I considered him uh, as well. Um, I think maybe that's 
recency bias after you know he totally crushed you know his role in Endgame and has done such an, an amazing job as Iron Man and and I love his you know entire filmography but I felt that at this point you know he could play that father role he could play the owner of of a very prestigious and uh, highly regarded uh, oil business um you know the the top recommended to go into space so I thought you know R D J could do that and then lastly for this role I had uh, John Stamos. When I look at my list, I came up with a list, and, and I have it in front of me here. I actually had written down names, and I started crossing them off, and I was circling them. And the number one name on my list I wrote down was Jason Statham, and uh, I crossed it off. Like I mentioned, I just felt like he was a little too young for me, what I, the direction I wanted to go, followed by The Rock, who I felt was not quite the role I wanted. Maybe it was like too much on the nose. And so really it came down to two actors, and I really flipped back and forth, Denzel or this guy, Denzel or this guy. And I, and I ended up going with Denzel, but... Finishing extremely like high gold, if not the main gold, like right there, one A, we'll call it one A, one B, is uh, Russell Crowe. I thought would be really good. Okay, yeah, I mean, uh, if you all listened uh, to uh, any of our, our earlier episodes, I casted Russell Crowe, and uh, I love, you know, his his filmography as well. I think he uh, is a, a commanding actor. Uh, again, I chose him for his leadership qualities, and I think that, you know, he could do well in this role as well. I think he has, you know, the age, the the physicality. And I think he could he could have done very well in here, but I, I personally love your, your choice of Denzel. Then we get into AJ, so it's going to be a quick one for me. I have only one name on my list, and that's Jenny Tatum. Yeah, I'm surprised you were, you were so quick with that, and you didn't want to mention you know someone you've casted several times already, and that's uh, Zac Efron. I thought may, maybe for this role I could have you know casted Zac Efron. You know, really, it wouldn't have mattered who I had as Harry, because I think Efron plays that young, good-looking, strapping character that could have definitely um, crushed it as, as a love interest and a, a, an arrogant know-it-all. I also had Miles Teller and, and Robbie Amell. Um, and, and I just thought, you know, age-wise, looks-wise, where their trajectory currently, I thought those guys could have done a nice job fitting in. If we did Grace, uh, that's one where I actually did have a couple of different people. And when I chose Denzel, initially I, w- I was thinking of Zoe Kravitz was one, but then I don't think she's pretty enough. And then, she's actually in that show Big Little Lies with the character that I chose, Shailene Woodley. Okay, yeah. So she just didn't, not quite pretty enough for me, uh, which is why I think Candace Patton's much prettier than she is. And then the other one was Zoe Saldana was initially came to mind, but I think she's like 35 or 36, way too old to be playing the role. So Yeah, you got to try and make it fit as best as possible. Some of the other actresses that I saw here, and really the first person that I had until just recently, the first person I thought of for this role was Jennifer Lawrence. I thought, you know, she had the looks, you know, she's got the the ability to, to portray the role, but the first actor, uh, you know, I went, you know, Harry, AJ, and then Grace, and so after choosing my, my Josh Hutcherson of Hunger Games fame, I thought, how cool would it have been to have, you know, the Hunger Games star actress, and Jennifer Lawrence, go ahead and play the love interest here, um, you know, because those two showed great chemistry, um, and they both have, have grown since. I thought that would have been a, a nice choice. Kind of a Men in Black international kind of idea vibe yeah because you know again chris hemsworth and uh tessa thompson you know those those two dipping back into it after thor ragnarok uh another choice i had here um was kristen stewart and uh you definitely know who she is because you brought up her her love interest from the twilight movies uh kristen stewart is the, the female lead from the twilight movies um and i thought that you know she has the look about her the age and i thought maybe slightly older than my love interest that i chose so i didn't really go with her um and i I honestly just really love my Shailene Woodley pick here, but I thought Jennifer Lawrence, J-Law, could have been a nice pick here. Anybody for Chick? I did have uh, two for Chick. I had uh, Simon Baker, who actually is the star from the uh, TV show The Mentalist. He has a, a bit of an accent, but if, if you look at him in the face, I actually see Will Patton a lot, um, and so I thought about him. And then uh, lastly for him, I saw Sean Patrick Flaherty. Um, know him from you know the Boondock Saints and, and Powder. I thought he could have fit in that role as well. Yeah, I went with a TV guy as a possible runner-up, and that was Mark Harmon, who I think does JAG or something like that. So, nothing major. Again, I didn't really put a lot of thought into that role. It was just somebody who looks similar. I didn't really... Mr. Inconsequential. Yeah, Mr. Inconsequential, for sure. For Rockhound, I chose Paul Rudd in in the film. Some of the other options I had, Zach Braff uh, from Scrubs. I thought maybe he could have done well here. I also looked at Matthew Broderick. I know that he's had some great fame early on with his uh, Ferris Bueller's and, and then his portrayal of you know adult Simba. Haven't really seen much of him uh, at all since, but I thought he could kind of step in here and, and maybe be Rockhound. But you know, again, Zach Braff, uh, Matthew Broderick. Um, but I went with Paul Rudd, thinking he could provide you know the 
the, the scenes needed. So you're kind of going with a lot of innocent type actors as opposed to like the rock hound type. I, I, I did, yeah. I, I guess I didn't focus so much on uh, you know his, his horniness. I, I probably should have, though. I think think I mentioned uh, Owen Wilson having my favorite line in the movie. If I had to pick a second favorite line, it's when Rockhound is with the psychiatrist and he's talking about how he's got two degree, PhDs or whatever it is from MIT and he was published at 19. And he says, so why do I do this? Because the pay's good, the scenery changes, and let me play with explosives. For Rockhound, for me, uh, again, I went with Rob Codry. Nobody that was really close. I looked at Jonah Hill, possibly, but I thought he might be a little too... Just doesn't fit the role. Again, not crazy enough or whatnot. I, I thought I really wanted to kind of shoehorn Aziz Ansari into a role because I really like him a lot. And he is kind of kooky and crazy, but... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a, to me, a great stand-up comedian, and I also enjoy him uh, a ton in Parks and Recreation. So I could have seen the, the zany funniness there. Well, I could have seen him more as Lev Andropov, so I think he was like a runner-up for my role there. Okay. But for this role, I pretty much Rob Codry, and there really wasn't a close second. Did you happen to have anybody, you know, for Bear, or did you see Braun and you you just uh, so moved for, right on? So for Oscar, it was straight Jason Lee again, one name, and then for Bear, uh, I actually initially had Dave Bautista. Okay, uh, uh, another former wrestler. Yeah, but I thought maybe given his Marvel success, it would be a little too expensive or too big for this kind of role, so I ended up going with Braun. Okay, yeah, I mean for Bear, I honestly didn't have anybody else. I uh, I was uh, also a huge fan of The Blind Side. I, I love the, the true story aspect. I'm a huge sports fan, so so that movie was great to me. I, I love Sandra Bullock in that as well. So I saw, you know, Quentin Aaron in there, and I said, you know what, man, that that big fella can definitely step right into this role um, and, and reprise it well. For Oscar, you know, the, the Owen Wilson, I chose Michael Sarah, some of Wayne's uh, disdain, but I, I think he could step right in and do it. Some of the other actors I had for for that role um, were Andy Samberg and Sean William Scott. You know, just I I saw Oscar as my a bit of my comedic relief, um, and so Sean William Scott, you know, the the American Pie movies. And, and then Andy Samberg, uh, Saturday Night Live, and then he's also done you know some other funny movies and such. Yeah, I think Sean William Scott would have been great. For uh, Lev Andropov, I wrote down Nicolas Cage, and I was so happy with it that I just moved right on. All right, one name. Uh, again, I actually circled the name and then crossed it off and circled Pena. And the name that I'd circled, and I swear to God, I'm going to shoehorn him into one of these movies we do, was Dev Patel. Because I really like this guy so much, and I want to put him in something. But I just felt like Michael Pena was a little bit funnier actor, and I wanted to get a little bit more humor in the role. Did you ever see the image of Nicolas Cage when he was not almost casted as the Superman? I did, yeah, in the, the outfit. The, the, the long hair? Yeah, the long hair. Now, they do give him a haircut, if you, if you look at it. They, they cut it down a little bit, but it's still Nicolas Cage's face, and that's just not going to... That Nicolas Cage with long hair is who I see just up there in, in space, that, that that quirky Nicolas Cage. So I, I thought it would do well. So, yeah, I didn't really have anybody else there. For Colonel Willie Sharp, I don't have anybody else there. Uh, I saw Josh Duhamel, and, and for my dynamic, I thought he would do pretty well there. I had a couple names. One of them is Colin Farrell, and it's funny because I think that he's absolutely atrocious and ruins pretty much every movie he's in, but not in supporting roles. He ruins them if he's in a starring role, and this wasn't a starring role, so I thought maybe he could pull it off. I also had Clive Owen as a possibility, but ended up feeling that Joel Kinnaman really looks like the the douchey, clean-cut Air Force guy. Uh, Did you happen to have anybody for the Dan Truman character? John Leguizamo, done. Jude Law, moving on. So that is our cast, and we definitely appreciate you guys listening in. If you want to give us any feedback, we are going to post the pictures of the cast on our Facebook page, which is Recasted Podcast, on Twitter, at Recasted Podcast, and you can also email us, recastedpodcast at gmail.com. We will reply. We will interact with you. If you think we're crap, definitely let us know. If you got a better cast, love to hear it, and especially if you have a reason why, you know, maybe we'll give you a shout-out in the next show. Yeah, thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, really excited to do this episode as it's... Of the three episodes we've done so far, it's probably my favorite of the three, um, you know, for the emotional aspect. I, I just really appreciate, you know, the, the following we have so far. And uh, please, you know, critique us, you know, give us any feedback. Um, again, Wayne does an awesome job of taking images of, of the actors we chose and putting them side by side with the original actors and actresses. So I think, you know, if, if you're a very visual person, you can see those and immediately kind of pick me as the winner. Or, or then you could listen to the, the actual episode, which we'd really prefer you to do. And you can, you know, claim me as the winner there. So either way, please listen, you know, uh, subscribe, review, and uh, give us all the love. Or you could recognize me as the Golden State Warriors of this thing, and Jesse is the Cleveland Cavaliers, because, I mean, LeBron's his favorite player, so I figured I'd give him the Cavaliers. Well, this will be the last time you guys hear from me. Thank you.